Hi there and welcome to the second episode of our ISA Talk podcast. For this episode, we talked to our ISA jury member Emma Rodero. Emma is director of the Media Psychology Lab at UPF in Barcelona, Spain, with a special expertise on voice, audio advertising and branding. Emma told us that she's always been driven by a fascination of the human voice. What are the features that make some voices more persuasive than others? And how can advertising and branding exploit these findings to convey a certain message? Further, what does it need to develop synthetic voices that sound almost human-like? This inspiring conversation with Emma was held a couple of days ago in social distance. Me and my colleague Kai learned a lot about media psychology and the incredible richness of the human voice. So will you, if you listen to this episode. Enjoy! Hi Emma, it's so great to have you in our today's podcast episode. Before we want to get into the topics, may you introduce yourself in a few words? Please tell us a little bit about your professional path and also make a brief outline of your main fields of research. Okay, so I'm the director of the Media Psychology Lab at UPF here in Barcelona. Uh, UPF is a university here in Barcelona, Spain. And here I analyze the people physiological response, uh, especially heart rate, skin conductance, the emotional response of these people, to understand how uh, they perceive process, They respond to media messages, especially audio and uh, advertising or branding. So um, I'm a researcher and professor in the Department of Communication here in Barcelona and uh, devote, devoted especially to oral communication, communication, advertising, branding and uh, voice. And um, how was your um, professional path uh, as far as The topic of sound is concerned. When did you first realize you're really interested in this field? Well, a uh, long time ago. <laughs> Now I'm, uh, I have uh, 25 years at the university working with uh, audio, but I started with radio, especially radio. I um, Uh, my background is in journalism, so I studied uh, journalism at the university, uh, and then uh, I I worked uh, at radio for uh, 10 years, and I discovered that well, uh, I was my, my passion was the was radio was audio, and especially voice. Um, when I was working on radio, I always people always. Um, Uh, told me, well, you have you have a good voice, uh, and I always uh, went to the microphone uh, if uh, uh, someone uh, had to choose someone to go to the microphone to say something. It was Emma, go to the microphone and say and read the news and read this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so, and I was wondering in this moment, uh, why is that? Uh, why my voice um, is so persuasive? Uh, and uh, I started uh, to teach at the university 
And then I, I uh, studied my PhD, so I have a PhD in communication, but my doctoral uh, thesis was about uh, the voice on radio, uh, especially to discover, to know how, um, what, what was the power of voice uh, on this medium. And then I studied psychology and uh, I, I uh, finally link uh, the, these two fields, communication and psychology, to study how audio uh, is processed uh, and the impact of the different elements, voice, music, sound effect, uh, on our brains. <laughs> so this is my, my actual work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Emma, you researched the listener's attention and memory for voice. Which method or technique do you use to measure attention and memory? Well, for uh, we, we use, uh, I always say that we use a triangle of measures. Uh, triangle of measures meaning that we use three different, mes- uh, three, three different uh, measures. Uh, the first one is uh, the self-perception of, of participants. So we, in our lab, we uh, use scales, surveys, uh, questionnaires to know uh, how people perceive uh, sound or imagine music or sound effect or, or different kind of voices. So this is the first step. So um, uh, we ask to our participants um, uh, what is the perception that uh, they have uh, about uh, that we are uh, they are listening to. But the second uh, and most important is the physiological response. So for attention, we use uh, the heart rate. We measure the heart rate of the participants, and uh, from we extract the. Uh, the level of attention that they are paying to the message. We know that when you are paying attention to a message, the the, the rate uh, is decelerating. So um, a decelerated heart rate uh, is an indication of uh, more attention. Uh, so for attention is easy. Uh, we use for attention as well eye tracking. So uh, we know that your pupils are very clear to know if you are paying attention or not to something. Uh, Eye tracking is a little bit bit complicated with audio, but it works as well. I mean, uh, eye tracking is especially to to analyze images and and videos because it's uh, detecting uh, your gaze uh, when you are looking at but with audio, is is the same. When people are paying attention, uh, even when it's audio, uh, the pupils are dilated as well. So um, it's an indication of attention as well. This is for attention. And for memory, especially, we use uh, recall test. So uh, these are the two main things. And, of course, we measure as well the, the emotional response. Okay. Uh, one of your main research interests is voice and prosody. In your study, The Perception of Broadcasting Voice, you say that the use of the voice is based on the handling and combination of the three acoustic qualities, intensity, pitch and timbre. Uh, can you briefly describe these characteristics and explain how they should be for the best perception? Okay, so yes, this is the, the um, these three are the the most important elements to manage your voice, uh, along with uh, duration, so with the speech rate. But 
we can focus on these three. Uh, intensity is very easy to understand because uh, is the volume that you use when you are talking. So I'm going to yell to yell a little bit. So don't worry. <laughs> so this is a high volume. Okay. Uh, it's clear, and uh, this is um, a low uh, intensity or low low volume. It's easy to understand. Uh, so intensity is important in terms of expressivity because uh, an emotion. Because when you are, for example, uh, angry, uh, don't you you are yelling a little bit, and you are using very tension with your voice. Um, so uh, it's important, but. Um, on radio and on audio, uh, because you have a microphone in front of you, uh, intensity is not for me the the quality or the the future which is more important. For me, the more the most important quality or the most important element with voice is speech is the tone of voice. So when you are talking, you are using different tones of voice. This is a high. Uh, pitch or high tone, and this is a low tone. So it's easy to understand as well, depending on your vocal folds, the, vibra the vibration of the vocal folds. So if they uh, are vibrating faster, you have a high pitch. And if you are this, the, if the vocal folds are vibrating uh, um, in a um, slow way, so the 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 pitch is uh, is low. So. So it's easy to understand, but in terms of perception, pitch is very important because uh, we know and we have studies about that, that when you are uh, listening to or hearing a, a low voice, you are imagining uh, someone which, who is a big, uh, big person, uh, which is, uh, we, we have a, um, um, a brown hair or dark hair, dark skin as well so and on the contrary if you are listening to someone who has a a, a voice which, which is very high uh, so you are imagine someone uh, who is small and um, probably um with a clear skin, so we know that you can imagine uh, the person that you have in front of you, depending on the pitch uh, that you are listening to. Uh, in fact, people is uh, people are able to uh, recognize uh, the age and the gender. Of course, the gender is the most uh, easy to is, is the easier to to recognize, but gender, uh, age. And weight as well. So if you are listening to a, a low-pitched voice, you imagine someone which is big in all the senses. So we is big, uh, is, is tall, but also with a big uh, weight. So uh, it's very important pitch. <laughs> and timber finally is the voice quality. So is the Finally, is the the result of your voice, the fingerprint of your voice. So the result of the sum or combination of the sound that you produce in your vocal folds plus the sound that you produce in the articulation part, which is the mouth, your nose, and so on. So finally, is your fingerprint. Uh, and for example, I can change by... Uh, Timber in this case because I'm uh, trying to 
I, I, I'm, I'm placing my uh, organs now in a different way. So that's why uh, it's sounding uh, in a different uh, way than before. So timber, of course, is, is, is really important. I always told to my students uh, that uh, voice quality of timber is easy. It's the sound of the voice um, uh, by which your mother recognizes you. <laughs> so if you phone your mother... <laughs> Uh, your mom uh, always recognizes you because, wow, this is the sound. This is my boy. This is my my son. So this is the the timbre of the voice. I guess as we have also the same uh, term in when it comes to sound and music, uh, each each instrument has a different timbre. Uh, piano sounds different from a trumpet, so you can tell them apart just from their timbre. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, finally, language and music uh, has a lot of in common. So, <laughs> melody and um, in music, melody in speech. So, it, we have uh, they have many elements in common. Definitely, yeah, definitely. When you're speaking of melody, uh, my next question, apart from the acoustic qualities of voice you just described. Uh, prosody plays a big role when it comes to the cognition of voice. Could you please explain in a few simple words what prosody means? Yes, I can. I can try it <laughs> because prosody is a is a very complicated um, term. But uh, I always explain that in a very easy way. Uh, when we talk about voice, uh, we uh, always talk about two parts. Uh, the first part is the instrument. So you can uh, have a guitar, for example. You can play the guitar. And when you play the guitar, so uh, you can uh, uh, play a note, for example. This is speech or tone of voice and so on. The timbre, of course, uh, is depending on the instrument. Uh, it's not the same, the sound of a piano or the sound of a guitar, for example. <clears throat> so... This is the instrument, okay? Uh, but the second part is you have to play a, a, a song with the instrument. So this song is prosody uh, in terms of, uh, of voice. So prosody is the melody uh, of a speech. The, um, prosody is, the, the, is formed by three different elements. The first one is intonation, which is easy to understand because intonation, intonation is the way in which I use high tones and low tones when I'm talking. So it's the, the, the sum of or, or, of tones or the 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 ver variation that I'm producing with these tones when I'm talking, so the melody finally is the melody of a speech, uh, like the melody in in music. So prosody is intonation, but also is the stress, the accent, or the prominence that I'm use now. For example, when I'm Talking, <laughs> so I'm I'm talking, and when I'm talking, uh, I'm uh, highlighting some words in the message. I'm highlighting uh, some words in the message. So this is accent or, or stress, which is an important component uh, for prosody. And the third one is speech rate and passes. So the rhythm of a speech uh, is the fa if if I talk very fast. Uh, with uh, passes, 
silences. Or I'm talking very, very, very fast and without pauses. So this is a completely different rhythm than before. <laughs> so these are the, the three elements, intonation, stress, and speech rate. Mm -hmm. Okay, and let's now turn from the characteristics of voice to its use in radio advertising. You do lots of research on male and female voice in commercials. There you have a close look on adequacy, attention and recall of these voices. A question that often arises here is whether to choose a female or a male speaker in audio commercials. According to your research, on which factors does this decision depend? Yeah, this is a complicated question <laughs> because um, for me, uh, I always say the same, but for me it's not a question of gender. Uh, many people ask me this question. Well, I have to, um, I, I have this ad, this commercial, and I need a voice. So what do you recommend me, a female or a male voice? And for me, this is not the question. Uh, the question is, uh, who is your target? And second, uh, I have two questions. First one, who is your target? Second, what is the feeling that you want to convey? Uh so depending on, on these two uh, answers, I can recommend you uh, a kind of voice more than the gender. As I explained before, we have many research uh, and studies um, showing that uh, is the pitch, the quality uh, that is more important to imagine uh, or to fill in uh, certain emotions or certain characters or, or, or physical uh, or persons or whatever you want. So the most important thing is first, what is your target? Uh, we know that uh, women prefer male voices and it's always the same. So uh, women prefer that uh, to, to listen Uh, women prefer listen to, to male voices. And on the contrary, um, male, uh, men uh, prefer uh, female voices. Uh, so it's, it's a crossover effect. Um, so think about who is your target and probably you know what is the best voice in this case. Uh, but for me, the second question is more, even more important. Uh, what is the feeling that you want to transmit, uh, that you want to convey? So depending on this feeling, uh, I, I can use a low-pitched voice or a high-pitched voice, more than a male or a female voice. If you want to transmit uh, a very, I don't know, imagine um, a an impression of darkness or something that is very deep uh, or that is very serious and deep and uh, profound. And so you can use better a low-pitched, low-pitched, I, I repeat it again because you can have a, a, a man which is no low-pitched. So low-pitched male voice, but low-pitched because uh, I insisted The you can have a a, 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 a man, uh, many men that don't have a low, low, deep voice. So, um, for example, in this case, well, I recommend a low-pitched male voice. 
On the contrary, I'm going to the extreme. <laughs> the extreme is uh, imagine that you want to convey happiness and uh, something, the product is for young people and something that is very dynamic. So I need something high. <laughs> so I need something dynamic and high and young. And uh, and in this case, you can uh, use a more a Imagine a young uh, female voice, for example. Uh, so, but it's not depending. I insisted again. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm uh, trying to say. Uh, it's not a question of the gender. It's a question of the kind of voice. So, uh, depending on this and the, and in combination with the target, you can use uh, one or another one. But the most important thing is to know. What is the perception of the kind of voices? So if you put a low-pitched voice, what is the, finally, what the listener is imagining, is uh, uh, creating in the brain? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay, you say it's not a question of gender here so much, but uh, let's have a short or a quick look um, at um, voice assistants like Siri, Alexa and Co, most of them use female voices by default. Mm -hmm. So why is this so? And can you tell us a little bit about the feminist discussion around it? Because I know that um, some people don't like this to be that female voices are um, there by default. So as a standard. Okay, so I'm very... Well, I hate this discussion because I think that it's not um, it's not put in in the terms that we that we need. First, I'm very happy to know that finally uh, we have many female voices uh, in, uh, in in this case in a smart speakers, but in in something <laughs> could say, because we know that 80 percent of the voices in especially advertising products, but in in any way on radio on on television or whatever you you look. Uh, 80% of these voices are male voices. So uh, it was time to, to, to get more protagonism uh, for, for female voices. So from this point of view, I'm very happy uh, to know that. But, um, and I know that, for example, some companies uh, perform a, a survey Uh, years ago to know what was the, the, the best voice for their speakers. So, uh, for example, Amazon, uh, I think that uh, Amazon conducted a, 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 a brief survey about that. So, and uh, the consumer said, uh, we prefer the female voices. So it's great. Uh, and that's why uh, these uh, female voices are in the smart speakers. But the second most important thing for me as a researcher of voice is that it's something that I repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated again for years ago. And this is that, well, uh, male voices has a the main advantage of male voices are that are very low. So deep so okay uh, i'm a i'm a woman so i cannot uh, get or reach this low and deep uh, pitch that um, a man can have uh, but the um, the main advantage of female voices uh, are two that one 
two. The, and the first one is intelligibility. What does it mean, intelligibility? So female voices are more intelligible, meaning that are more comprehensible. So when you are in a radio, in a, um, in a train station, for example, uh, right in the middle of the train station, with all the sound and the noises around you, um, the train, people talking, uh, and you are listening to um, a voice through the PA, through the speakers, it's more, uh, it's likely to understand better a female voice than a male voice. So, and this is something that is important to know. So in certain situations in which you have difficulties to hear well the voice, Female voice is more intelligible. Uh, we are, I'm very old, so I used, um, when I was young, <laughs> when I was young, I used the cassette. Uh, okay, so uh, if you have now a cassette with a recording and you try to, to listen to this cassette now and play the, the, the cassette um, and you have uh, a recording of a male and a female voice, you can uh, you can um, uh, know that uh, listening to that the female voice is more uh, intelligible, so you can understand that you, you can hear well the the female voice and not uh, the the male voice. This is for the the quality of voice. So this is because it's very low. So. It's like if you know something about sound, uh, of course. So it's like it's very low. So finally, uh, this uh, low pitch uh, is less intelligible in certain situations um, because it's the bass, the bass tone. No, so it's, it's very complicated to understand. So in a smart speaker, when you have a a small speaker, <laughs> so which, uh, which uh, not all the frequencies that you can hear uh, is um, uh, is uh, likely that you can understand better a female voice than a male voice. And uh, there are some experiments, or sorry, well, some studies uh, in the United States about that, uh, proving that, for example, uh, old people are having many problems to understand certain voices, especially male, low-pitched voices, <laughs> through a smart speaker. Uh, so we can we need to pay attention to that. Uh, so uh, it's okay. Okay. Uh, we have female voices in the smart speakers. Great. They are more uh, intelligible. And the second main advantage of female voices is uh, melody. So we use more changes uh, in intonation. We are more melodic than uh, than men. So, <laughs> so we have this advantage because um, finally, uh, if you have a low-pitched male voice, very deep, uh, during l uh, much time, uh, you are going, probably, if, if this voice is not changing uh, or dynamic, uh, probably you are going to lose the attention. And this is something that is uh, less probable with, uh, with a female voice. So... We have some advantages, and it's okay for me that uh, Alexa uh, talks uh, with a female voice. And the last thing uh, to end the, the debate, 
you can change the voice. So um, if you don't want the female voice in Alexa, you can, for example, in my case, I have Alexa and I have um, Google Home as well. Uh, and I use the female voice for uh, English and um, the, the male voice for Spanish. So they ask me in different, uh, with different gender and in different uh, languages. So you can choose the, this option. You, you have this option. So let's try to, to not think about something weird about gender or about this kind of thing. So for me, it's an artificial debate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, apart from voice, there are other ways to improve attention and recall of audio messages. Um, you did a research called the spark orientation effect for improving attention and recall. The purpose of your study was to determine the effectiveness of different sound elements in an audio message. So it would be interesting, how can sound effects, for example, be integrated into an audio ad to improve attention and recall? Yes, uh, so, well, I, I call this effect the spark orientation because it's something like, uh, it's a strategy to get the attention uh, of uh, listeners when are uh, hearing some uh, audio product. So, um The, the the question or the, the most important thing with attention is variation. Uh, if something is uh, is uniform uh, during much time, you are going to lose your attention. So in this case is, well, <clears throat> there are many podcasts or there are many uh, ads which uh, are produced just with one element, for example, with voice, and that's it, and the, the, the whole commercial with voice, or just voice and, and during the whole commercial music, and that's it. And this is not the best strategy, because when something is uniform during certain time, it loses uh, the effect. Uh, so... That's why I call this uh, effect the spark orientation, because the strategy is that you have to put some elements to to break the uniformity uh, in, in certain moments. So like sparks that are illuminating some parts of the message. For example, a sound effect. Uh, if you are talking now and suddenly uh, we hear an explosion or something of... Uh, so this is this is a spark. <laughs> so absolutely, wow! <laughs> uh, it's a claim of an, an automatic uh, claim of attention, uh, and uh, we know that we renovate the attention, uh, and then uh, people are uh, able to uh, to pay attention after that better than before. But of course, to recall the message before. Uh, so that's why uh, it's a spark. So you have to put. Sparks during the message in in what are these these sparks? So sound effects or music or um, another voice, uh, different elements to to break the uniformity. So this is the idea of this uh, of this study. Yeah, seems plausible. So now let's suppose we have created a radio spot. We have a final version. The next step would be to position this spot in the radio program. Um, so the question comes up, what is the perfect position for an ad? 
And there's an also, we have also another effect besides the spark effect called serial position effect. It says that the first or the last position is the best one to improve recall of radio ads. And you also researched this effect. What were the results? Yeah, well, there are not absolutely results, but uh, because they are depending on two factors. Well, the first is the serial position effect. Of course, uh, in psychology, it's a, a very well known that uh, all the things that you put at the beginning or at the end of a series, of a, uh, of a, a list, uh, uh, are going to uh, recall better. So that, that you are going to remember uh, f better the first thing and the last thing of a list. Or imagine that you are, I don't know, um, uh, looking at uh, watching, for example, uh, videos. So if you watch, the, um, I don't know, five videos, so the first one and the five, the fifth uh, will be the best. So recall. And the same is applied to to a break, a radio break, in which you have a list of the different uh, ads. Uh, in Spain, sometimes these breaks are for, you, you can have 10 or uh, or uh, more ads in, in the break. So try to to play your ad at the beginning or at the end because uh, it should be the, the best recall. But in this study, uh, this is the, the general uh, trend. So this is the general result. Um, it works uh, almost always. So perfect. But we... Um, study what happened if um, you put uh, in the middle, for example, of the list, uh, an ad which is very creative. So that uh, with a lot of production, with sound effects, so really catching the attention. So what happens if the, the, the audio uh, commercial is very uh, appealing and uh, but is in the middle. We can eliminate, we can remove uh, the serial position effect. And of course, the, the answer was yes. So if you have uh, a spot or a commercial which is really creative, very appealing, and is claiming the attention, uh, well, and if it's in the middle, <laughs> you can, of course, um, pay the attention and, and be uh Uh, recall after that uh, well. So you have to try and imagine if you have the, the commercial which is creative and is at the beginning or at the end, you have the perfect match. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So and now let's become a bit more technical and put the spotlight on the subject of speech synthesis. You did a research and compared human and artificial voices in an advertising story in particular, you researched the influence of prosody and the functions of voice. The results show that human voices are more effective and achieve better, a better level of attention and recall. So how important are prosodic features in synthetic voices and how well are they already implemented? 
Well, very, very, very important. And this is the, the most complicated thing now with, uh, with voices and syn synthetic voices now. Artificial voices now uh, could be very intelligible in the sense that it uh, could sound very natural, uh, like a human voice. But the problem is not that. The problem is uh, is the melody, is the intonation, is the is the song that uh, they are playing. And in this case, uh, well, we are not prepared to. We are not in the in the moment in which these voices are perfect in this sense. So, and that's why uh, the, there is a problem with attention. This is a study that is published in Computers in Human Behavior, in which, of course, people uh, told us that they cannot, uh, um, uh, they, they don't want to, to listen to a vo artificial voice when uh, it comes to, uh, to tell a story or to, to a com with a com in a commercial, for example. Uh, We don't want this kind of voices. They don't want this, this kind of voices because it 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 they sound artificial, and uh, the the only function for them is is to is relegated to uh, short messages, informative messages. For example, what's the weather for today? The forecast? Uh, the, what time is it? Uh, and this kind of things. Uh, so short messages. Uh, and that's it. But not for an audiobook, for example, or to telling a story or for advertising, uh, because there, are, there is a problem with uh, attention and, of course, with recall. Uh, always that uh, we have a, a problem with attention, we have a problem with recall, uh, because without, we, without attention, we don't have, we cannot remember uh, nothing after that. So, uh, It's a problem with attention. People cannot concentrate listening to Alexa or to uh, Google Home or whatever it is. So this was the problem. But now, uh, recently, this this year, we conducted another experiment with audiobooks and uh, fiction stories uh, using Alexa, in this case, uh, and human voices. And the result was the same, was terrible in terms of uh, the physiological response in this case we <laughs> sorry alexa is is uh, is answering me uh, i cannot say the name uh, again <laughs> so i repeat it again um, so um, we we conducted this year another research with um, with this smart speaker uh, telling a story in And human voices as well, and uh, and we measured the heart rate and the skin conductance and the emotional response, and it was terrible. <laughs> the results are very terrible in this sense because people don't want. Uh, and, and in this case, my my sample was uh, with students, university students, and uh, the the average of age was twenty uh, one years old, and with twenty one years old, they told us. What is this? I don't want to listen to that in this uh, in this machine. So I don't want to. Uh, I, I cannot concentrate. I cannot pay attention. The heart rate uh, was indicating that uh, the emotional response was was terrible in terms of they they finished uh, angry, uh, really angry with the machine. It was like I don't want to. And and with the faces are are we we. 
in the lab we recorded the faces, uh, of course, uh, because we analyzed the, f the facial response. Uh, and and the face of, of one of them, it was like, oh my goodness, I can... I can say it, uh, we, we cannot uh, look at me, but he was, oh, what is that? I don't want to listen to that. So uh, it was an adversive uh, response, very negative response to the to these um, smart speakers. But uh, it's, I'm, I'm just talking about stories, so long uh, messages, messages. But it's okay for the other, for the list of the shopping list of the time or the weather or whatever you want. Short, informative messages is okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it really depends on the context and uh, the complexity of the function or the situation you're in. Um, and yeah, AI gets better and better. So do you think that the quality of artificial voices will soon improve significantly so that they are really can really be used for more complex situations and functions as well? Yes, because there are many people working on that. <laughs> so <laughs> there are many people, there are many projects, there are many money uh, and many interest uh, in getting that. So uh, sooner or later, we, we are going to have a, a very good... Uh, in fact, we have uh, now voices that you cannot differentiate if it's natural or if it's artificial. Uh, but again, uh, the problem with voices is not the voice. <laughs> it's not the instrument uh, is the melody is the song that they are playing and in this uh, aspect prosody in prosody is uh, is the is the key point in which uh, they cannot uh, find a solution because human voice is very rich is tremendously rich and the combinations that you, that you can um, produce with your voice are Uh, I don't know, but, but um, I cannot count uh, the, the combinations that you can use, for example, for recording an ad, a commercial. So uh, how can you um, synthesize all these combinations in a machine, in an algorithms that are uh, limited? So this is very complicated. And the problem is that. Uh, so... Well, uh, I can reproduce some uh, some patterns of intonation, of course, but it's not the same um, compared to, to to human voice. All the 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 changes that I can produce when I'm talking, all the sound uh, vo uh, vocal sounds that I can produce, uh, because when I talk, I can do. Well, uh, um, I don't know. So I can produce a lot of uh, different vocal sounds and uh, melodies and uh, I can change uh, all the parameters. Uh, so the, 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 the nuances that I can produce are very complicated to, to put in a, in a limited machine with algorithm. I don't know if I uh, explain me well. But uh, the, key, the key point is prosody. The key point is prosody, you said. Um, so uh, if you just uh, would summarize what are the most important aspects to improve synthetic voices. You just mentioned it partly, but if you just would uh, 
tell us three, four aspects that are the most important to make these synthetic voices more human-like? Well, I, I, more or less, is, is prosody. I mean, uh, the intelligent uh, when when you are um, uh, analyzing uh, artificial voices, you have two different dimensions. One is intelligibility, and the second one is uh, naturalness. So, uh, intelligibility is uh, is is completely uh, achieved. So, uh, in fact, I I mentioned that. You cannot differentiate now certain voices if are natural or not. So the 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 kind the sound of the voice, the instrument are achieved is no problem. But the problem is that all the combinations that you can produce. So if you are uh, producing an ad, of course. Uh, the problem with arts and commercial is always that they are using the same prosody, <laughs> the same intonation all over the world. <laughs> so we have a um, sing song, a uh, typical way to to uh, to speak in an in a commercial. Uh, but this is something that we know that uh, it doesn't work. So if you want that, it's possible to do it now because it's just a pattern of intonation, a sing-song, which is very easy to reproduce, even with uh, an artificial voice. Artificial voice is not meaning that it's artificial. Artificial uh, is meaning that it's producing different combinations with a natural voice. So there is, at the beginning, there is a natural voice, a human voice, mm, producing certain sounds, and then the machine uh, uh, does the combination of, uh, of everything. So, and that's why it's artificial, but finally at the, at the beginning you have a human voice um but the problem is that these combinations now are producing uh, there are companies that they are doing just with 20 minutes of recording uh, recording a human voice so you can record me uh, for uh, 20 minutes and then you can uh, use my voice and produce all the combinations to articulate the whole language so you can i can you can um, uh, I can I can say things that I didn't say uh, during this uh, twenty minutes, but so this is uh, for me. This is not the problem. This is something that is 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 great. But the problem is prosody, meaning that um, different combinations. So in intonation, for example. So uh, depending, uh, for example, in an audiobook, in a story. Uh, can you imagine uh, all the combinations that you can use just for an aff affirmative uh, sentence? Because in the, it's depending on many things. Um, uh, when you have a sentence, uh, you uh, the way to to speak uh, is depending on the emotion and the intention of uh, of this sentence. And a machine uh, doesn't know about the intention of the emotion. Uh, the machine has a pattern. Uh, um, algorithm uh, and just reproduce uh, imagine you say well this is an affirmative sentence so the pattern for affirmative sentence the melody for this kind of sentence is this one so the machine is going to reproduce the same uh, pattern uh, in in this uh, in these sentences but uh, but can you imagine uh, if I'm a human person <laughs> How many combinations can I do uh, with uh, in, in an affirmative sentence? Because I can just say, uh, "Well, 
uh, how, how do you feel today? And I can say, I'm fine. Or I can say, I'm fine. Or I can say, hey, I'm fine. Wah. Uh, I, I can say many things depending on what, depending on my intention and depending on my emotion. And this is very complicated to put in a machine. So intonation is the, the first problem, but also the accent. What are the, the, the words that you want to highlight during the, the, um, the speech? And what is the speech rate? Uh, and how do combine the, this speech rate? Uh, what parts of the message are, are you um, speeding up or are you slowing down? Uh, what is the criterion to do that? So for a machine, I, I said. Um, so, and then multiply all these parameters for all the combinations. So now, um, so you cannot put all these uh, combinations in an algorithm. Um, it's impossible. So, so this is the problem. But of course, uh, it's, it's a question of time. Uh, there are many money. There are many efforts uh, in this uh, subject, in this area. So finally, we will get something uh, pretty similar to, to human speech. Yes, I guess. Like you said, there are uh, a lot of uh, efforts and developments and people, so they're getting better and better. And what you mentioned, emotion, is also a thing that's still lacking in the many uh, artificial voices. And to improve this, the possibility to convey emotions would uh, is also, I guess, a task they are um, working on. Now all the researchers. Absolutely, because intonation in intonation is where you can find emotion. Definitely. Uh, and the problem is that uh, they don't have uh, emotion now because they don't can because they cannot produce all the combinations uh, with intonation. So the problem is prosody is intonation. Yeah. Yes, like you said, voice is a very very complex thing. It is. <laughs> wow, wow, Emma, this was. <laughs> this was a lot of information, a lot of information and many facts um, about the voice and I guess also often neglected effects of voice and speech uh, we talked about, you talked about. Um, so, uh, and as we said in the introduction, you are also a jury member for the ISA 2020. You're once again a jury member. I guess also for the fourth time you're here, you're a jury member from the, right from the start. So uh, what do you expect from the projects this year? And maybe you can tell something what you think about the award, about the International Sound Awards in general. Is there something special to it? Yeah, it's absolutely special. And I, I always say because that, that is special uh, because it's, uh, it's a good way to know a very innovative project about ARIO in the world uh, in many sectors, in many areas, not, not just advertising or branding, but also another thing. So it's, it's the perfect uh, way the, or the perfect place Uh, to know what is innovation uh, in in audio in the world, so I and also in voice, yeah, and any voice, of course. <laughs> voice is also a category, yes. Audio and voice, especially, yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, when when I 
talk about audio i talk i i i include a uh, voice inside uh because uh, i insist now is the the boon of audio in the world uh, but i didn't find uh, another place another conference another um event in which I uh, learned, uh, like uh, in ISA. So I'm very honored to be part of the of this project uh, and and evaluate this, these uh, projects because they're very, 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 very uh, innovative. We are very grateful that you are a member, by the way. Perfect. Can I add what I expect about this, uh, the projects of this year? Definitely. Uh, because I think that, uh, well, I, I expect, uh, as always, good quality. Of course, this is always the, uh, the main uh, characteristic of the, of the event. But especially in this edition, I think that we, we need uh, to put uh, the attention at uh, how audio products in general can help in crisis situation like we are living now. So, and in this case, um, the link without uh, with technology and audio to help people at home. For example, all people uh, are needing uh, now uh, many help in this case. And I think that technology, the intersection between audio and technology with the smart speakers, with phones, uh, can help people uh, at home in this uh, crisis situation. So I think that uh, well, can have some project about that. Absolutely, this crisis also shows uh, the the benefits and advantages of audio and music and or sound, and uh, how they can uh, um, help in this kind of crisis. So I guess the crisis here, with uh, all the restrictions, so uh, in Europe started here in March or so. And uh, so I assume or I expect and I hope to have a lot of submissions in these kind of fields next year because I guess this year it's, it was too short to prepare uh, to submit this, um, to submit these cases. But I guess I always, the people will start or uh, to, uh, to make to start to develop more and more these products now because of the crisis. So, yes, I'm. I'm yes, I'm also pretty uh, excited or pretty interested how this will affect the audio and sound industry in general. Okay, Emma, many many thanks. Uh, despite the crisis, I hope we can meet uh, in in September. On the award show, at the award show, we don't know if the, but we hope we cross fingers and yes. Perfect. Yeah, uh, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. It was a real pleasure talking to you, and I think we really learned a lot about voice and all all the important aspects. <laughs> Thanks very much, Emma. Bye. So that was it for today. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our second ISA talk. If you don't want to miss our next episodes, subscribe to our podcast. We will also keep you posted about updates on the International Sound Awards 2020. For the time being, nobody knows whether the Ripperbahn Festival can take place in September. 
However, we will find a solution for the ISA award show to take place, if necessary, as a virtual event. In any case, we postponed the deadline for the application of projects to 14th of May 2020. So, you still have a chance to submit a case. For further details, just have a look onto our website www.international-sound-awards.com Bye!